Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. 48 hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now, you could take 20% off. Go to ahs.com slash 48 to save 20%. That's ahs.com slash 48 for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. American Home Shield. Don't worry, be warranty. When you hear the name Gabby Petito, what comes to mind? A young aspiring blogger uh, who loved life, loved adventures, uh, a girl who was on the cusp of beginning life and whose life was tragically taken from her. The FBI announcing a medical examiner says the body found in Wyoming was indeed that of Gabby Petito, the coroner calling her death a homicide. Brian Laundrie, I believe, made his decision to kill himself after he had killed Gabby Petito. Investigators say human remains found in Florida this week are those of Brian Laundrie, the only person of interest in the death of his fiance, Gabby Petito. Gabby Petito's been gone for over a year now. Is this case over? No, this case is far from over. My name is Mary Fulgeniti, and I'm a former federal prosecutor and defense attorney. There are still a lot of questions for Gabby's parents. The primary one being, would Gabby Petito still be alive today if the case had been handled differently? Hello, hello, and good morning. We came to know Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie because they were putting themselves out there in social media, documenting their travels throughout America, this young couple in love, living out of their van, seeing what the world had to offer, living the dream. My name is Dr. Chris Mohandi, and I'm a forensic psychologist. But what we come to learn is that that was a veneer. 
All the chocolate it's so mounted. Melted, I know. <laughs> it's a river of chocolate. Much as I know Gabby and feel like I know Brian, you just never know when it comes to relationships. We've been lucky so far at all the places we've stayed, but I'd say this is one of the best so far. Anyone that's met the two of them has been like, they seem like such a nice couple. But a lot of couples look nice on Instagram. About a month into their trip, Gabby and Brian have a lot of arguments. It gets physical. A witness reports it to the Moab police. Hey, how are you? I'm with Moab police. They respond, and now we see that there's trouble in paradise. He walked me out of the car and told me to go take a breather, but I didn't want to take a breather. I'm fine, and I love Gabby. I, I hope she doesn't have too many complaints about me. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I, I feel bad, I think it's so public. When you look back, could that Moab police stop been a game changer? Oh, absolutely. It's hard not to wonder what would have happened uh, to Gabby if either Gabby or Brian had been arrested that day. Two people went on a trip, one person returned. And that person that returned isn't providing us any information. Where is Gabby? We believe the circumstantial evidence demonstrates that the Laundry family was aware that their son had murdered Gabby and that they were aware of the location of her remains. They refused to communicate to the Petito family. As human beings, how could somebody not pick up that phone and say, I'm so sorry, we don't know what happened, what can we do to help? And the only reason why you wouldn't is if obviously something went afoul. Gabby is the most amazing person I've ever met. I've never felt a pain like this. I have screamed into the air what happened because I want answers. We will get justice for her no matter what. Gabby Petito's road trip in the summer of 2021 started as an adventure story. I love the van. Months later, it turned into a nationwide search for a missing woman. The search for missing 22-year-old Gabby Petito is now a multi-state effort. Before ending here. Earlier today, human remains were discovered. With the discovery of her remains in Grand Teton National Park. It has now become a cautionary tale. Ultimately, her death will hopefully lead to many women being rescued and saved from these situations well before it gets to murder. Former prosecutor and CBS consultant 
Mary Fulgeniti says Gabby's story is really about recognizing the warning signs of domestic violence, which are often hard to read. There are people who believe that Gabby Petito's story didn't have to end the way it did. If only the warning signs had been picked up on, would it have been different? To most eyes, Gabby Petito and her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, were compatible in every way. Gabby Petito never goes outside. <laughs> coolest chick you ever met, man. By far, she's just gonna make you. She's gonna make you smile. Gabby's smile dad, Joseph. She's the coolest chick you ever met. Simple as that. Twenty-two years old, a New York girl from Long Island, an appetite for adventure. She knew she wanted to take this trip. Her mom, Nicole Schmidt. She had told me about it um, probably a year before it started. Brian stretching, doing some. Morning yoga. Brian's very charismatic. He always comes off as such a sweet person and just kind of like, I'm here. One of Gabby's close friends, Rose Davis. They met soon after Gabby moved to Florida. She texted me one of the sweetest messages I think I've ever got from someone. And it was just like, you seem so cool. I really want to be your friend. And I was just, absolutely. They made TikTok videos together for fun. Rose says Gabby was good friends with Brian back in high school in New York. Then, after Brian moved to Florida, Gabby moved there too, to be closer to him. I always told her her life is kind of like a movie, because I was just like, this happens in movies. Soon, they were in love and living together. She'd let me know what they did, and you know he'd, he'd make her breakfast, and it was always such a cute little thing, and they did cute little dinners. In July of 2020, they got engaged. They even got tattoos together. But Rose says Brian could sometimes exhibit what she calls toxic traits. We spoke to Rose when Gabby was first reported missing. When Brian wants something, he's going to get it. And I don't mean in a physical way he's going to force it. He's just going to... I don't want people to say I'm calling him a full manipulator, but he'll manipulate the situation to get what he wants out of it. And, you know, he didn't want her to go out one night with me, and he stole her ID because you can't get into the bar without your ID. And, you know, this was really upsetting to her. You know, you're, you're engaged. It's not, you know, it's not supposed to be like that. But the couple seemed to put any drama behind them as they got ready for their adventure. Gabby worked hard at Taco Bell and with Brian at Public Supermarket, saving money for their trip. They bought the van, they converted it. The goal was to spend four or five months crisscrossing the country, having adventures, even working on organic farms and chronicling it all in real time on social media. She was just like, I want to document this. This is so cool to be doing. And she just kind of, yeah, kind of like a vlogger, just let everyone know what she was up to. She was excited starting her van life digital journey where she's creating this whole, you know, following of van lifers. And that's what she was really into at the moment. They rolled out officially on July 2nd. Gabby posted constantly. Hello, hello, and good morning. 
every little detail. You can't keep chocolate in Utah. Not in July. <laughs> but all those selfies may have been hiding a darker story. There's everything behind the scenes you don't know. Six weeks into their trip, on the afternoon of August 12th, in Utah near the Arches National Park, Gabby and Brian's Instagram road trip came to a shuddering stop. Driver is uh, showing some obscure driving, possibly intoxicated. It was around 4.45 in the afternoon, according to this police officer's body cam. Currently doing 45 miles an hour. Zone through here is 25. Oh! Subjects just hit the curb. Correction, speed limit is 15. What's your guys' names? Gabby. I'm Brian. Gabby, Brian, okay. It was the stop that could have changed everything. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This 911 call was made on August 12, 2021, in Moab, Utah, four weeks before Gabby Petito was reported missing. We're driving by and I'd like to report a domestic dispute. The caller reports seeing what appeared to be an alarming confrontation between Gabby and Brian. Florida license plate, white land. What were they doing? Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her? Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. 
Officers from the Moab Police Department are dispatched, and within minutes, Gabby and Brian's white van is spotted driving erratically outside the Arches National Park. They're pulled over. The officers separate the couple and begin questioning them. Gabby is visibly shaken. You want to tell me what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's just some days I have really bad OCD. And okay. I just, I was just cleaning and straightening up the back of the van before, and I was apologizing to him and saying, I'm sorry that I'm so mean. I'm trying to start a blog. Okay. So, so I've been building my website. So I've just been really stressed, and he doesn't really believe that I could do any of it. So that's kind of been like a, I don't know. He's like in, down there. I don't know. We've just been fighting all morning, and and he wouldn't let me in the car before. And Why I, wouldn't he let you in the car? Because you told me your OCD. Told me I needed to calm down. Right. So, tell me what's going on. Wait. You see, this gets worked up sometimes, and I try and really distance myself from her, so like, I, I locked the car and I walked away from her. Brian tells police that Gabby attacked him, scratching his face and his arm as she tried to get back into the van. I had her phone in the time to get the police away. I was trying to, I know I shouldn't push, but I was just trying to push her away to go, let's, let's just take a minute, step back and breathe. And you see, she got me with her phone. People that came to us and told us that they saw him hit you. Another officer asked Gabby for more details about what happened. Well, to be honest, I definitely hit him first. Where'd you hit him? I slapped him. You, you slapped him first? And then what, just on his face? And he gets kind of just shut up. How many times did you slap Bravo, him? Romeo, India, Alpha. A couple. And then what, and his reaction was to do what? Okay, I him. He just grabbed you? Yeah. Did he... Did he hit you though? I mean, I mean, it's okay if you're saying you hit him, and then I, I understand if he hit you, but we want to know the truth if he actually hit you. Because well, you know. I guess, yeah, but I hit him first. Where did he hit you? Don't, don't worry, just well, be he, honest. He like, grabs my face, like, I guess. Uh huh. Um, he didn't like hit me in the face, like you know, like punch me in the face or anything. Did he slap but, your face or what? Well, like he like grabs me like with his nail, and I guess that's why it looks. I normally have a cut right here, like a peel of yeah. it. The officers never directly asked Brian if he slapped or hit Gabby. They also didn't talk to the 911 caller who reported seeing Brian hit Gabby. But one of the officers did speak with the second eyewitness that day. The witness says, I never saw him hit her. I saw him shove her, but I couldn't tell if it was an aggression against her or a defense against her. So at this point, from what, unless the guy's screaming that he needs to go to jail and did something to this girl, it sounds to me like she is the primary aggressor. Yeah. In Utah, if officers find evidence of a domestic violence assault, they are required to make an arrest or issue a citation. An independent investigation would later conclude that the officers did not have a clear understanding of the law. Gabby, this is a very, very important question. How you answer this question is going to determine what happens next. But the only person who can answer this question is you. They mistakenly believed that Gabby had to intend to harm Brian to require an arrest. When you slapped him those times, were you attempting to cause him physical pain or physical impairment? Was that what you were attempting to do to him? No. What were you, what were you attempting to do? 
What was the reason behind the slapping and stuff? What was what was it you were attempting to accomplish by slapping? I was trying to get him to stop telling me to calm down. Well, it doesn't sound to me like she attempted to enter it. Ultimately, officers on the scene decided to separate the couple for the night. I'm going to give you the keys to the van. Gabby was told to stay with the van. I'm giving him a ride over to the hotel. Okay. As the assumed victim, Brian was sent to a hotel. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for everything. No problem. It's nice to meet you, Brian. Nice to meet you. No one was arrested or issued a citation. Forensic psychologist Chris Mohandi has worked closely with law enforcement on issues of domestic violence. The officers that responded to Gabby and Brian were compassionate. Their hearts were in the right place of wanting to help. They were trying to do what they mistakenly believed was the right thing by cutting them a break. Weeks later, when the body cam footage was released, there was a public uproar. Newly released video shows what looks like the aftermath of an argument between Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry. For her friend Rose, those images were almost impossible to watch. It takes a lot for her to get that hysterical. But I'm perfectly calm. I'm calm all the time, and he really stresses me out. And so when I saw the body cam, I knew it was more than just a little argument. She's not going to slap him for no reason. The release of the 911 call drew outrage. Who's slapping her? Followers of the story on social media erupted in anger. My blood is boiling at how they failed this poor girl. All I know is this didn't have to end like this. Police missed an opportunity. Mohandi says the officers seem to miss signs of domestic abuse. And Gabby accepting the blame. And I was apologizing to him and saying, I'm sorry that I'm so mean. Because In a domestically violent relationship, it's not uncommon for one party to take the blame for what really is the behavior of the other party. The independent investigator later wrote that it's very likely that Gabby was a long-term victim of domestic violence. The ramifications of the officer's actions during that stop would play out in the days ahead, and months later would be questioned by Gabby's parents and their lawyers. Just days after that traffic stop, Gabby and Brian were back on the road, headed north to Salt Lake City. Rained all afternoon yesterday. On August 19th, Gabby posted an edited eight-minute video showing their journey together. It is really nice and sunny today. The video showed no signs of any tension between Gabby and Brian. Later, Gabby told her mom they were leaving Utah and driving to Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. She was happy. She was excited to keep going on her journey. And um, that was the last time I spoke to her verbally. On August 25th, Gabby posted a series of photos on Instagram in front of a butterfly mural in Ogden, Utah. It would be her final post on Instagram.
At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Gabby's keto never goes outside. (laughs) The Instagram post on August 25th, 2021 was the last time Gabby Petito would publish on social media. And shortly after she said she and Brian were headed to Grand Teton National Park, Gabby's parents stopped hearing from her. She seemed to have been in communication with her parents on a regular basis about the totality of this trip. And they were checking in on her regularly. Then, on August 27, 2021, her mother says she received a strange text message from Gabby's phone. It read, Can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. Stan is Gabby's grandfather. The mother thought it was odd because she never refers to her grandfather as Stan. It was out of character and disconcerting, but as far as the Petito family knew, Gabby and Brian were still together on their trip. Hi, my name is Miranda Baker, and on August 29th, my boyfriend and I picked up Brian at Grand Teton National Park at 5.30 at night at Coulter Bay. 48 hours after Gabby's mother received that cryptic text, Miranda Baker says she and her boyfriend picked up a man she believes was Brian Laundrie. She says he was alone. He approached us asking us for a ride because he needed to go to Jackson. Before he came in the car, he offered to pay us like $200 to give him a ride, like 10 miles. So that was kind of weird. He then told us he's been camping for multiple days without his fiance and that she was working on their social media page back at their van. Suddenly, says Miranda, things took a turn when there was confusion over where they were going. He freaked out. He's like, nope, I need to get out right now, like pull over. We dropped him off at 6.09 p.m. on August 29th. Meanwhile, Gabby's mother, Nicole, did receive one more text from Gabby's phone. It said that there was no service in Yosemite. The last text I received from her phone was August 30th. Are you confident that was from her or you're not sure? I can't comment on that. During Gabby's travels, she had been staying in touch with her friend Rose Davis. Rose was expecting to hear from Gabby on her birthday. So we talked and my birthday is August 29th. So we decided call me then. But no birthday call or text came. I honestly didn't think anything of it when she didn't text me 
or anything because she's traveling cross-country and you know once it got uh, it got later into it around like, like 8th and 9th of September that was the point where I was like she would have called me why haven't I heard from her yet what Rose did not know was that on September 1st Brian Laundrie was back in Northport Florida he had driven the van there and he was alone. The Petito family knew none of this, but they had already become alarmed when they stopped hearing from Gabby altogether and her cell phone had stopped working. Did you ever reach out to her boyfriend to figure out what happened and where, where your daughter is? We can't comment we're on not, that. We're not commenting on that. But Gabby's mother did reach out to police. It was actually Friday the 10th that I decided to call police because mm -hmm. I had had 10 days, 10, almost 11 days was enough for me to not hear from my child. And um, I got the runaround. Nobody wanted to report her missing. Um, she's an adult. She's traveling. But as a mother, I said, it's not like her. Finally, that Saturday, I um, went personally to Suffolk County 5th Precinct. And now this is where we are. Gabby Petito was officially declared a missing person on September 11th, just over two weeks after her last Instagram post. As the nation remembered so many lives lost 20 years earlier, the Petito family focused on one life, that of their missing daughter. We're looking for her and only her, not the van, not the two of them, just, just her. Keep your eyes out and We'll find her. A woman disappears on a cross-country trip with her boyfriend in a van. On Monday, September 13th, 2021, the story of Gabby Petito's disappearance hit the news. The parents of a missing woman from Long Island need help finding her. Gabby's mom and stepdad, Nicole and Jim Schmidt, held up her photo for reporters. Do it. Uh, Gabby's 22 years old. Um, She's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful soul inside and out. Rose Davis was devastated to see her friend's picture on TV. My mom called me into her room and uh, Gabby's face was all over the news. And uh, I kind of just went into shock. What happened to Gabby Petito? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Once it became clear that Gabby Petito had gone missing, her mom and stepdad, her father Joe Petito, and stepmom Tara set up a Find Gabby page where people could post tips and information. She was reportedly last seen near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming around August 27th, 2021. We want her home. We want her home. Home, safe and sound. I immediately, immediately made like a collage of all of our photos and for a TikTok and posted the information, Facebook, Instagram, everything. Within days, videos about Gabby's disappearance exploded across social media. Even people with no connection to Gabby joined the search to help find her. We are going to be going to the Grand Tetons to see if there's anything that we can do to help in the search of Gabby Petito. You know, the social media has been amazing. Um, watch it, getting everybody to, to post it, repost it. We need for her to come back home. And anything you guys can do to help us get there is just appreciated. And we just got to keep doing it. For Gabby's parents, this spotlight in the media and online was invaluable. But as former federal prosecutor Mary Fulgeniti points out, not all missing persons cases received this level of attention. What was it about Gabby Petito's story that resonated with so many people across the world? You know, there seems to be a tendency in these types of cases to give a disproportionate amount of attention to a certain type of individual. And I think Gabby Petito was a young, beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed girl. Forensic psychologist Dr. Chris Mohandi. This case, you know, is a bit of a commentary on who gets news attention, traction in social media. There are people in these situations every single day that don't fit that description. Native American communities, you know, gay communities. Are they being treated differently? Are they being ignored? Whether it's newsworthy or not shouldn't be dictated by somebody's color of skin because these stories, if they rise to a level of notoriety, I mean, they really can help solve the mystery behind some of them. But there was one person who wasn't helping solve the mystery of what happened to Gabby, Brian Laundrie. Northport, Florida police spokesman Josh Taylor said investigators were frustrated Neither he nor his parents would answer their questions, even though Gabby had lived with them. We were essentially handed uh, the information for their attorney. That is the extent of our conversation with them. First word that popped in my brain was coward, to be honest with you. You're supposed to love her. You're supposed to marry her. Where is she? Police confiscated the white Ford van, searched it for evidence, and then released it, posting that Brian was now a person of interest in Gabby's disappearance. Laundry family attorney Stephen Bertolino spoke briefly to the press. On behalf of the Laundry family, I will hope that Ms. Petito is located and that she's reunited with her family. Gabby's parents responded through attorney Rick Stafford with a scathing letter. We believe you know the location of where Brian left Gabby. We beg you to tell us. As a parent... How could you let us go through this pain and not help us? Six days after Gabby was declared missing, the Laundry family reported that they didn't know where Brian was. 
They said he'd left for a hike at the Carlton Reserve days earlier. Police immediately began to comb the huge local park looking for Brian. A massive search. More than 50 officers and FBI agents combing a 24,000-acre park near Sarasota, Florida, looking for Brian Laundrie. Anger at the Laundrie family's silence prompted protesters to gather outside the Laundrie home demanding answers. While authorities were searching for Brian in Florida, the search for Gabby in and around Wyoming intensified. It was like a nationwide hut, too, you know, between social media and all the other avenues. And people were looking for the van. People were looking for where it went, when it went. They were looking for Gabby Petito. And in this case, all of that social media attention ultimately helped investigators locate Gabby. When Kyle and Jen Bethune came forward with information, they had spotted Gabby and Brian's van. The Bethunes had been in Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park around the time Gabby's family last heard from her. On August 27, 2021, the Bethunes had their GoPros rolling for their YouTube channel when they went looking for a campground. We're driving down this road past this van and it had Florida plates. However, the van was completely dark. We assumed that they were just out hiking or doing something else. Once the Bethunes left the park, they didn't think about the van again until late on Saturday, September 18th, when Jen checked her phone and was stunned to learn authorities now believed Gabby had been in the Tetons the very same night the Bethunes were there. Jen instantly remembered the white van. And I immediately got goosebumps all over my body. I rushed back to the computer and I saw that white speck of van and I was like, please keep going, please keep going. And it did, and it got bigger and bigger. We just some reason instantly knew that it was hers. When I called the FBI, I was like, I have found Gabby's footage, like patch me across to somebody, like this is huge, because I knew deep down what it was and I knew how important this footage would be to finding Gabby. As instructed, the Bethunes uploaded their footage to the FBI website. They also posted it on YouTube and Facebook. Just hours later came the devastating announcement. Earlier today, human remains were discovered, consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. The FBI says Gabby's remains were found at the Spread Creek camping area inside Bridger Teton National Forest in Wyoming. An autopsy confirmed the remains were Gabby's, and the coroner determined her death was a homicide by manual strangulation. We have no additional comments. Gabby's family asked for privacy, but her father Joe sent out a tweet that summed up the moment. It read simply, she touched the world. Hours after it was announced, Gabby had been found 
Over a dozen FBI agents and police officers swarmed the home of Brian's parents. Police arrived, the FBI arrived, they were carrying a battering ram. They also announced that they had a warrant. I think seeing these FBI agents and police here, you wonder, do they now know where he is? The next day, Northport police, the FBI, and other agencies ramped up the search of the nature preserve near Brian's home. Terrain's very difficult. Essentially, 75% of it's underwater. 49 days after Brian had returned home without Gabby, on October 20th, 2021, the FBI made an announcement. Earlier today, investigators found what appears to be human remains. An autopsy revealed Brian Laundrie had died from a self-inflicted gunshot to the head. And there was something else. Along with personal items, such as a backpack and notebook belonging to Brian Laundrie. That notebook contained writings from Brian explaining what he says really happened to Gabby Petito, writing, I ended her life. I thought it was merciful. Brian Laundrie put a bullet through his head. He wrote a story describing how Gabby Petito died. It was dark. They were running across a stream. She must have fell and hurt herself. And he went to help her, but she seemed to be in extreme pain. In that small notebook found in a dry bag near Brian's remains, he wrote, I ended her life. I thought it was merciful, that it is what she wanted. But I see now all the mistakes I made. It was a self-serving narrative that portrayed that there had been an accident and that there had been a mercy killing by him of her because she was suffering. Brian's stretching. It speaks to selfishness and a degree of narcissism that it was important for how other people looked at him, his image. You know, he had the last word. While Gabby's parents will never see Brian Laundrie face a jury, they are seeking their own version of justice. They are suing Brian's estate for wrongful death and his parents for intentional infliction of emotional distress. Where's Gabby? Attorney Patrick Riley. It's our belief that the Laundrie family was aware that Brian had murdered Gabby and was aware where her body was located. Riley says that belief is based on information from the FBI. He says the FBI believes that Gabby was murdered on August 27, 2021, and that Brian made a lengthy phone call to his parents on the 28th. He says according to the FBI, Brian's parents then contacted an attorney that same day. How damning is that? Why would they get an attorney so fast? Very, it's very damning. It doesn't pass the smell test. The Laundry's attorney issued a statement denying the allegations made in the lawsuits and saying this lawsuit does not change the fact that the Laundry's had no obligation to speak to law enforcement or any third party, including the Petito family. But there's more, says Riley. 
A letter allegedly written to Brian by his mother, Roberta Laundrie. Riley says he and Gabby's mom read it while reviewing evidence at the FBI's Tampa office. There was one part that sticks out, which is, if you go to prison, I'll bake a cake with a shiv in it. And by the way, the envelope that the letter came in had written on the front of it, burn after reading. If it can be proven when and if Brian's mother did indeed write that letter, it could be very damaging, says Mary Fulgeniti. Because it shows the mindset of the mother, that she'll do anything to protect her child. In addition to the pending cases in Florida, Gabby's parents are in the process of filing a lawsuit against the Moab Police Department. How's it going? How are you doing? Relating to how they handled that domestic violence stop with Gabby and Brian. Attorney Brian Stewart. The family believes that Gabby would still be alive today if the police officers had had the proper training and had followed the law in how they responded to Gabby's situation. Hey, how are you? According to Stewart, the body cam footage shows there was a fundamental problem. The very best thing I can do is call my supervisor and see if I'm missing something here. It's clear that the officers did not have a clear understanding of the law that they were supposed to enforce that day. Try to calm down and I'm going to go call a supervisor. The Moab Police Department commissioned the captain of another Utah Police Department to conduct that independent review of the officers' actions that day. Among the report's conclusions, there was probable cause for an arrest. By choosing not to apply the statute and effect an arrest, the officers left Gabby and Brian in a dangerous situation. The report cited other unintentional mistakes, says Mary Fulgeniti. They didn't follow up with a key witness, which is the 911 caller. They did not follow up with questions to Brian Landry about whether or not he grabbed her face or grabbed her arm. They didn't document Gabby's wounds photographically or in the report. Mary Fulgeniti believes they also missed some classic telltale signs of domestic violence. And here was a girl who was hysterically crying, who was immediately taking the blame, who was also trying to minimize her boyfriend's actions. All of this while he remained calm, cool, and collected through his interview. So I think if you look at that in the totality, and had all those things been addressed, we might have had a different outcome here. No, oh, this could have been a game changer. We don't know for sure. We'll never know. But certainly, intervention would have been more possible under that scenario. One of the officers involved told the independent investigator after Gabby's death, quote, I would have done anything to stop it if I would have known that was coming. What happened? What's going on? In a statement, the city of Moab said it believed the officer showed kindness. You want to come stand in the shade? Respect and empathy in their handling of this incident. Let's get you in the van. Let's get you on your way, all right? The city intends to implement the recommendations of the independent review, which include more domestic violence investigation-related training and legal training to ensure officers understand Utah state laws. The attorneys for Gabby's parents insist their lawsuits are not about money. They're about raising awareness. Gabby's mother, Nicole, recently told the Associated Press, I get people messaging me all the time that they were inspired by her to get out of a relationship. Yeah, and I think that in and of itself is a huge 
huge victory for a family that has sadly uh, encountered such tragedy. But there can be these bright lights that come out of these bad circumstances. And if there is one to be shined here, it will be hopefully that there will be young girls out there that say, you know what, I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to stay or I'm going to get myself the help I need to get the strength to walk away. Gabby Petito, doing in death what she did in life. I've always described her as this light, you know. She'll do everything to bring the light out in you. And if she can't, she'll give you some of hers. He was a legend. A falling out with a student. She attacked him on social media. He says she drove him to do it. Now, the verdict. 48 hours, next on CBS. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus.